This is Reddick with his song, The Way You Make Me Feel, on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. When I'm with you, time feels suspended. Hearts and souls intertwined with kindred spirit. So serendipitous to feel this bliss, baby. It don't take much to make me happy. One single touch from you, I get all sappy. Start grinning from ear to ear. Cause it's just like water flowing, flowing, flowing. Heart is constantly glowing, glowing. The kind of joy. That money cannot buy When I'm with you it's only sweet surrender How did I grow soft and tender Your love intoxicates, takes me high The way you make me feel Is so surreal The way you make me feel inside One thing about you I want you to know that I'm nothing without you So blessed you in my world So blessed to have you as my girl And as the days grow older I certainly don't want our love to grow colder I want to be standing next to you From shoulder to shoulder Cause it's just like water flowing, flowing, flowing And it's constantly glowing, glowing The kind of joy that money cannot buy when I'm with you, it's only sweet surrender How did I grow soft and tender? Your love intoxicates, takes me high Oh, the way you make me feel Il y a des choses So surreal The way you make me feel inside Je te dire C'est juste à tes côtés si tu me laisses le choix Si tu me cherches je suis là L'émotion que tu me fais sentir tout ça grâce à toi Chaque jour dans mon cœur c'est un parcours partout Au fil des temps dans les pauvres je scande La soif que tu as disait j'encours la montre Infligée à mon cœur mon amour Have you ever been in love? Have you ever been in love? Then you know exactly what I'm talking about You gotta show me Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be speaking to 
multi-talented artist Reddick. His latest art exhibition is the prelude to the Rubies in the Rubble exhibition experience. And if you're living in Shanghai, you can visit his art exhibition at the Shanghai Cultural Square. And you'll be able to see his art up until Chinese New Year. Now, Reddick tells us that this has been 12 years in the making for this latest art exhibition. Now, what's great about Reddick's art is he combines not only visual arts, but he also combines it with poetry, with music, with singing, and actually having a performance while being able to see his amazing artwork. Reddick is a visual artist, a painter, a performing artist, vocalist, poet, actor, model, producer, music compositions, and a fashion designer. Now, Reddick was born in Chicago, USA. He graduated at the Morehouse College in Atlanta. And Reddick has over 20 years' experience as a professional artist. But before we go, please go to our website. We are at Podbean. Tell Craig your story at podbean.com. We have a link tree there which tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We are on all the major streaming services. We also have all the social medias. Make sure you're subscribing to get all the latest updates. At Tell Craig Your Story. We have WeChat for our Chinese listeners and VK for our Russian listeners. All right, here we go. This is my chat with Reddick on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hi, Reddick. How are you doing this morning? It's, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. No, no worries. Uh, thank you very much for your time. I know you're a busy man. We've tried to get it together a couple of times. Well, but We found our way today. That's right. We found our way. And we're here at the very beautiful uh, Shanghai Cultural Square Yes. in downtown Shanghai. Yes. And I've walked in. I've done a bit of the tour and it looks amazing. Thank you. So just tell us about uh, this run that you have here. So this exhibition here experience is actually a prelude. Um, so it's a small taste of a large body of work that I have been working on for nearly 12 years. Uh, so it's, it's this exhibition experience is prelude, but the main exhibition is Rubies in the Rubble, yes. the humanity chapters of Reddick. And I've subtitled it an empowerment exhibition experience. And so for the last 12 years, I've been creating a body of work, um, visual art, primarily use, uh, using found materials. I tell people I have not been collecting trash. <laughs> I've been transforming potential, and I mean that. Yes. Um, but it's also very much connected to the poetry and the music that I write. So it's really an interlinking um, way of exhibiting art and artistry and after 12 years the goal is next year we are taking the full experience to Europe so, wow. I'm, so I'm really excited That's about amazing. this next chapter yes and when will that happen so it, the goal is we start by April of next year um, we've targeted 12 cities things are still falling in place as we speak but the ball is already in motion. Wow. And one of the things that I'm really excited about because of the way things have been in, in, in Shanghai with the, still with the COVID issues and policies and things like that, a lot of events and exhibitions have been um, postponed mm. or delayed. And prior to that, I've been very active in the music, art and cultural scene here, not only in Shanghai, but in China. And so I was just literally prepared to kind of like quietly leave Shanghai, kind of like right. when you exit the party and nobody knows, Where, where's Reddick? <laughs> you know, I was really just excited to have clarity on my next steps, which is Europe and things like that. But literally, you know, in China, um, there's a word Chinese call Yuanfen, which means destiny. Right. Um, a door opened up for me to have this prelude exhibition experience here at the Shanghai Cultural Square. But the irony, I couldn't script these things. Yes. I literally live less than two or three minutes away right. from, this, from this place. Wow. And so for me, this is just like a full circle moment 
of being able to share and express and give back to a place that has given me so much. So I'm really excited that we were able to pull this off with such a short amount of time, but the word is really getting out there. Yeah. How has the Shanghai people reacted to the, this culture? Because it's very different to like a normal sort of art gallery. Yes. So how have they reacted to this? I, well, the thing that I love about being in this cultural square is that it really kind of encapsulates the different mediums of how I engage as an artist. So there is, I mean, we're downstairs here in this amazing record, yeah. record shop. Um, vinyl record store and some of my artists here activating in the record space of course it's in the museum curated area but because my work really flows is a better word into these different art sectors I feel like this is the perfect place to kind of get a sneak peek and so the the public has been responding really really good really well to it and word keeps building and getting out so I'm, I'm happy so when you come in and it's not just coming in to look at like uh, your artwork it's actually a show yes uh, singing performing yes. so where did that idea come about because I, I don't believe too many people actually doing that sort of style it's well it came for me just accepting that these different even collaborative artistry you know mm. we you've mentioned a good friend of mine dave stone yes we've worked together um, on performances and things like that so i am a interdisciplinary artist and or multidisciplinary artist you know if i really want to be fancy i say <laughs> i'm a new millennium renaissance artist yes but essentially what i had to accept within myself is that these creative streams are inside of me and they're intentionally put there so my responsibility was to not say I have to pick and choose but rather to cultivate and use and once I started understanding that process I, I I'm a big 80s kid and 80s fan so I like to say my work is like the the Transformers <laughs> Or, or, or Voltron, you know. You probably say that now and they go, what is that? Yeah, but you, you get it. Meaning that every aspect of my artistry, whether it's poetry, speaking, performing, painting, um, fashion, they, they have their own stream. Hmm. They have their own stream. But there is a way that I found through my p platform and because they come from an authentic place of connectivity, yes. um, that they the big Voltrons come together and this is what I have deemed a multi-sensory theatrical art exhibition experience so it's really about the experience and finding ways to authentically give people entry points to connect with the artistry and so for now for in this example the physical art is up front and center but if you scan QR codes there is you can listen to the poetry oh, or yeah, the right. music that is connected to it and then at scheduled times there is literally performing art where an ensemble cast of oh, wow. musicians and interpretive dancers we literally pipe piper you through the space and perform the art pieces that are connected and so it's really like a prism <laughs> yes. Linking together. Yeah, yes. right. Yes, wow. yes, yes, yes. So you said before, like, they, you don't want to call it trash, uh, but you have a quote here that says, I've not been collecting trash, I've been collecting potential. Yes. Explain what that means. So for me, I, I think the way I create my visual art is I'm very specific in how I transform these works of objects, these objects, into art pieces and so when I am walking there may be different found materials that I see something of resonant purpose mm -hmm. and so it's not like I'm just randomly picking up things I really feel a connection to the object itself and then from a creative standpoint a transformative standpoint I see ways in which I can create my body of work um, I'm not the first to do this. There is a history of 
of, of, of renowned and respected artists, Noah Pilfor, Marcel Duchamp, yes. um, Kurt Swimmers, uh, a whole, you, Betty Sires, you go down, there's a list, but I found my own way of expressing that and still honoring that legacy mm. of, of, of creating art. So this body of work has primarily been made in, in Shanghai, China, and I like to think that my work has nostalgic value, if not cultural value, yes. um, because a lot of the buildings and the homes, you know, China is still rapidly evolving. Yes. But when I first arrived 12 years ago, there was so much being knocked down to make way for progress. And these objects, they started calling to me. And now I've been creating assemblage art for over 20 years. I know I, you gotta tell me that I look like I'm no, no, no more than 30, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I gave myself away when I said I'm 80 years so, old. So I've been in this path of connecting art, visual art to my other forms of artistry. But when I arrived in Shanghai, it was just like, wow, do you see these these treasures and so I've been able to integrate part of their history part of their culture into my way of expressing art but it really is at the core is to speak to humanity yes yeah um, I, I, I laugh you sometimes you think about the evil cartoons <laughs> and so I, I am I am a big do-gooder yes you know at the core of my artistry I really see that it's a tool to hopefully communicate and empower and inspire others. Right. Yes. So you said that you're drawing experiences from, from living in China, but also you're drawing experience from living in uh, the US as well. You're born in Chicago. Yes, yeah. I'm born in Chicago. I didn't realize kind of growing up how Chicago was very much a dynamic city for me to, for that to be my exposure, because as an interdisciplinary artist, Chicago has such a rich culture of art, food, music. You know, I remember going to the different museums or concerts and things like that. And so just kind of growing up, all of these different ways that I express art, that was my background. Right. And it wasn't until years later that I realized that Chicago has really kind of set the, the tone for me embracing the different disciplines in which I create as an artist. Right. Yes. And growing up in Chicago, uh, were your family, were your mother and dad, father, oh. were they involved in the art, art industry, or how, how, where did you get your? So I am the 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 saying the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. I am the epitome of of that. I I give so much credit to my mom and my father. My I'm a son of a, I'm a preacher's kid. Right. And again, my dad is also a fine carpenter, so he's like a journeyman carpenter. Um, I remember growing up, a lot of the skyscrapers that were coming up in Chicago, he was the lead journeyman for them, or in the summer he would take us on the side jobs, and he would always say, okay, now this is what separates the, the men from the boys, the, you know, the excellence. But even every Sunday, writing different sermons and, and coming up with different content for the congregation, I didn't realize that that was a form of creativity and yes. expression. And, and so even in my artwork, there is a sense of carpentry because I'm assembling these pieces and, and I'm also thinking of how can these you know, the integrity of the work. And so even though it's com a combine of painting and sculpture, all of these skill sets, in addition to my formal training, I really gleaned them from my dad. And then my mom, it's 12 of us. You know, oh it's, wow! It's twelve from the from the same same litter. God love her. Nine, <laughs> nine boys and three girls, <laughs> and then I have two brother cousins right. who literally, you know, we in Chicago we say up the block. Yes. So they live up the block from us. So they pretty much were raised in our household as well. Oh. And um, my mom is very creative. She, I remember growing up. She would write community plays right. um, when we were in the um, 
she was my first music teacher. She was the, the choir director and things of that nature. And when we had our house built from the ground, which was a big deal in Chicago, uh, my dad was overseeing it, of course, but she was in charge of like the decorating. And so me, I had no problem going to the wallpaper stores, the fabric stores. Hey, David, you want to go? Sure, no problem. <laughs> and, but I didn't realize that even from my mother, I was gleaning a sense of aesthetic and a sense of how to put things together. And so the only thing that my parents, they have never dissuaded me. And this is another thing that I realized I was very fortunate. A lot of times when you have creative children, you may have parents that say, no, 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 how are you going to make a living? Or what are the, my parents have never, ever dissuaded my um, creative bent. That's great. They've encouraged it. They've been at every concert, recital, exhibition that they can make. Yeah. The only thing that they encourage was to further my education and always work on my character. Yes. And from that, I had the liberty to just cultivate and explore my creativity. And it wasn't until I got around my other creative friends that I realized that they had a struggle conveying to their parents that no, this mm. is what I want to do, this is who I am. Yes. And to not have that be an barrier. added barrier. Yeah. You know, sometimes I would get frustrated with my dad. He was like, well, have you tried to, maybe if you reach out to, and I'm like, dad, that's, <laughs> that's not how it works, but thank you. Yeah. You know, but to have that enforcement of encouragement was, has been really good. And living in Chicago, what do they call it? The Windy City. The Windy City. Yeah. So growing up there, uh, did they have a, like a, a like a big art uh, oh, community? There is. So what I love about Chicago, in one sense, it is a very diverse city. Um, I still think that there can be improvement in forms of integration on a more. We integrate in the public. You know, we come together, it's a big bustling city. But however, because you still have these intact communities of diversity, I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, careful, but yeah. you still have a chance to be exposed to different types of cultures and, and different uh, modalities of life. And again, that was something that I didn't realize was my background. And so my parents would round us up for field trips and, and you know the other neighborhood kids would want to go with us to the museums so they did their best to really expose us yeah. to as much culture and art as possible but then growing up in the church I didn't realize that the church was like my foundation for you know I have to get up and do my Easter speech you know right. I have to create my costume for whatever Christmas. play is coming on <laughs> But again, if you look at things from principles and training, yes. I have form, formal training, but my foundation really was my parents and Chicago. Right. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. I'm a big baseball fan as well. Like, uh, so we were just talking about it earlier. You're a White Sox fan. I'm a White Sox fan, so I'm not going to front like I'm this big sports <laughs> sports guy. I yeah. rep my cities and things like that. Yeah. I laugh because my brothers. They, they got the, the genes, the, the smart genes, the artistic genes, and the athletic genes. Oh. And, and to make it matters even worse, my sister, Erica, she's, she, now she's the oldest. She fights us for the, I'm the oldest of everybody. Right. Even though we're like 11 months apart, she's the oldest. Yeah. Erica was a tomboy. Yeah. And so imagine my brothers are very athletic. And my dad was like the neighborhood um, softball coach, baseball right, coach. Right. So I had to like Play. be out of, and I'm just clumsy with. <laughs> 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 no, I will say this: if it wasn't coming from a big clan, a big family, yes. I probably would have been picked on as a kid. Right. Because I was always my odd, unique self. Yes. But everyone knew that he's part of the Reddick family. <laughs> And you said you spent some time in Atlanta as well? Yes. So yeah. I, I went, I'm a Morehouse man, Morehouse yes, College Morehouse graduate. College. Yes. So I've spent time in Atlanta. What did you learn from going there? 
very prestigious sort of college. I was so, I feel honored mm. that I was able to attend Morehouse College and be around black excellence. Right. Um, it was, you know, growing up in this kind of diversity of Chicago to really have the opportunity to study among of course it's it's people of all races there but it's a historically black college HBCU that really gave me a time to kind of just go inward and be surrounded by like I said black excellence and so Atlanta is very much part of part of my story and to learn the spirit of empowerment, I think one of the biggest things that Morehouse instills in us is to be men of excellence in whatever fields we, we go into. Mm. And that spirit of perseverance and excellence and representation, it stays with me. It's, yeah. It stays with me for sure. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big Braves fan. I have been since I was in Australia, the only Atlanta Braves fan in Australia, <laughs> but, uh, but I got to go to Atlanta and uh, yeah, I, I feel that as well. It's a very uh, diverse sort of city, but it was something that I, I really enjoyed. Uh, I really like to go back there. Soon. I love Atlanta. Atlanta has this constant sense of emergence. Mm. Like it's always evolving and, and changing and that's a, a really great dynamic. And then the juxtaposition is that it really is a dynamic city, but you also feel it's, the, it's in the South. So you get this genuine Southern hospitality. Yeah, yes. It's like, what is going on yeah. with the hospitality and a big city? And, and, and so it's a really unique, a unique place. And one thing that I always sticks out in my mind is that they always were saying, yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, sir. Exactly. Uh, very, very polite. Very, very polite. Oh, very yes. polite. Very genuine. Yes. And, you know, coming from Chicago. Maybe that was, sorry, sorry, it's okay. Maybe that was too fast. Thank you, sir. <laughs> sorry, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yeah. <laughs> that Southern hospitality yeah. is yes. definitely woven through the city there so again all of these experience I, for me one of my mentors she she said you know as an artist whether you're writing songs or whatever you're doing she says it's not happening to you it's happening through you mm. and so i really do believe that my next stop was los angeles is where i paid all of my artistic dues in la only to come to Shanghai mm. and I've, I've, I've told people I have not been ha I've been having an international experience with China as the backdrop mm. and what I love what I've loved about Shanghai is literally you have Chinese coming from all over China yes. and you have foreigners coming from all over the world and I tell people that it has not been a melting pot it's more of a gathering spot mm. And so as an artist who really wants to reach and communicate with people, and then my advertising background as well, yes, I've worked in advertising. I see from a case study, my platform has literally been piloted to this great cross-section of different dem demographics and, and nationalities, age groups who are gathered here and I've been more than able to make a living for myself. It has resonated, and it's only given me the confidence that if this platform, which has been cultivated in this type of, and incubated in this city, in this environment, that the rest of the world will receive it because it's already connected with their demographics. Right. You know, and so yeah. this has been an excellent playground case study, um, an opportunity for me to to grow as an artist and as an individual. See, so, so you go from Chicago to Atlanta to LA. Yes. Sort of all in the one country. Then why Shanghai? Was it opportunities? Was it obviously there's a reason, there's a story behind it. Yes. So tell us why. Why China? In 2009, I was fully operating in Los Angeles as an artist, as a musician. Mm. I had a gallery, Eclectic Order Gallery, where we were doing um, different types of activations. 
in South Central LA, in the hood, and <laughs> literally people was like, Reddick, we're coming to your gallery, or we're coming to your program, our, is our car gonna get stolen? <laughs> because I, I had lived in LA for a long time, and so I knew a lot of different people. But I was like, no, you're fine. And literally, the work that we were doing in the gallery space was never threatened. It was embraced in the community. Mm -hmm. And kind of like here, people from all over were coming to the space. However, I'm always up for the next adventure and, mm -hmm. and things like that. I, was, um, I had a brief hiatus from graduate school. I was working, my, my degree is in psychology. And so I had taken time to go further in, in, in clinical psychology. Mm. Mix, I mean, psychology serves me in my, yeah, as an artist. Absolutely. And I said, so we're on break. And I wrote in my journal, God, I'm landlocked. I'm ready to see more of the world during this kind of brief window that we have. Be careful what you, be more specific sometimes when you journal things. Right. I get a call from a friend of a friend who says, Reddick, there is a new music venue, a new club in Guangzhou, China, that has just opened up and they need a singer right away and you need to blah, 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 blah. And so literally I had a few weeks to make a decision. And I said, you know what, next time I will be more specific because I was thinking Brazil or, or Europe. Right. I wanted to travel more of Europe, but China opened up. And I have this saying, life usually gives you what you want but it's sometimes packaged oddly. Mm. And so I wanted, even though China was nowhere on the radar yet, I said, well, it's only a few months. And I went and took the leap of faith, came to Guangzhou, and I've been in China ever since. And you said it was music, not actually art. So give us a bit of background on your music. Like, did you do recordings in LA oh, or Chicago? I have done recordings. In fact, there is a whole China Chapters album that is yet to be released. It's oh. mixed, it's mastered, and it's a part of this universe. Yes, I've part heard, of this, I've heard part of this, upstairs. A part of this platform. But initially, I guess the first 20 years or so, I only saw myself as a singer-songwriter, right. um, not realizing that one of my mentors that I listened to, he says, everything that you're doing has actually been hidden on a lower level. And so growing up, for example, in the, in the um, 80s, you know, with the big Say No to Drugs campaign, and I remember the, my principals getting on the um, speaker and announcing, you know, everyone has to write some type of play about say no to drugs and blah, 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 blah. So this is a whole school body. Yes. And, you know, I do my assignment and my play was picked wow. to be put on for the whole school. And so this element of things that I was already doing but not fully clicking. Um, so initially music was the first carrot of songwriting and passionate about my music and performance but the other streams I was always doing them I didn't but it didn't click that you can do and be more than one thing um, so music is very much if ever you look at my paintings if you see words in my work that's me literally tagging a line or lyric of poetry that is connected to the work some people say which come first was it the painting or the song was it right. was the poetry I, it's for me i describe creativity like water water can be snow it can be rain it can be ice it can be cold it can be all these myriads of forms manifesting itself differently so the challenge was not am i writing today am i performing today? Am I painting today? Am I doing whatever the things that I do? It's Reddick, are you staying in flow? Because when I'm in flow, it may manifest itself first as a sculpture, or it may manifest itself first as a song. Oftentimes when, when, I'm, when I'm working, um, I'm hearing melodies as I yes. paint. And so it's really this interconnected way of creating that flows through me. Yes. Yeah.
What was your first impression of China and Guangzhou? The wild, wild east. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, I mean, of course, this is going back 12 years. Yes. It was just for me, this is and my first time really being abroad. Um, but I kept an open mind. And I also remembered the saying how the wild, wild west was tamed. And not that I looked to tame China in any way, but I looked at it as the opportunities. And so in a place that you would not expect to see many people like myself, I have really been able to forge um, opportunities. And, and, and for that, I'm really, and so I sense that as well. And then, but when I got to Guangzhou, it was just like, okay, my first introduction to China, you know, the contracts and things were not in place. Hurry up, we need you to right. It's like, okay, this is... A little is, different. This is... <laughs> but, so I really, I went to the club owner after being there for like a, a month and a half or more. I said, you know what, this is, this is not working. Right. This is, you probably thought I was this type of performer. It's all good. But even the things, the expectations are not balanced. So I said, you know what, just buy out part of my contract. Okay. And I was like, I still have a few months on my visa. Mm. I said, what am I doing in Guangzhou? Right. The world is in Shanghai. It was a time of the World Expo. Right. And so I literally just jumped on a plane. Friends of friends met and I have been in Shanghai ever since. And is that when you started to do your art, artwork and do like art gallery performances? Or? So again, in LA, I had already established myself right. um, in the areas that, oh, that's right. that I was operating right. in. And so to quickly, you know, a lot of artists, whether they be musicians and things like that, they come over with contracts. So I didn't, you once did. I gave up my yeah, one job yeah. I was like, okay, buddy, what are you going to yeah. do? <laughs> and so I literally hit the ground running and essentially uh, music doors started opening up for me. I went to a lot of the clubs, Jay-Z Club, um, Cotton Club, some of the more historical um, venues here in Shanghai and brown sugar at that time. And very quickly, I, I guess because there was a, a fire underneath me as well, people began to see the music qualities and I was able to start performing and things like that. Everybody talks about this Wild West, even in, but even in uh, Shanghai as yes. well. And those, uh, the uh, Jay-Z and the Cotton Club. And the Cotton Club. Yeah, the very fa I, I, I miss that stage of, oh, uh, of the, and everyone talks about how good that music scene was uh, in, in that period. All the musicians used to go there and collaborate with music and... You know, coming from, I've been very, very, very fortunate as the music side of me to mm -hmm. have work and been exposed to some really phenomenal musicians in you know, Chicago, Atlanta, Los Angeles. And so I know good music and good musicianship. Yeah. And so when I arrived in Shanghai, I was just like, my goodness, some of these musicians on other stages, mouths would drop. Yeah. But, you know, here we're just kind of jamming and the music scene is being cultivated. Yeah. So you may have someone loudly at the bar doing, I'm like, do you realize what is being played right now? Yeah. So the music appreciation was also um, developing, mm. but the, the level of talent that has come through this city has been phenomenal and I'm really honored that I have been able to glean from these musicians mm -hmm. and also work with these musicians yes. from literally from all over the world and China as well. And that's what I like about the music scene here is that uh, I'm playing in two bands at the moment and ah. it doesn't matter like, yeah, we've had the lockdown and we've had the lockdown this year. Some people will go away. That means that other people are going to come back in and they meet these other musicians at jams and, and open mic nights 
and all of a sudden there's four or five new people creating this new music and I just think that that's magical, brilliant. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. And I, that doesn't happen in all other cities around the world. You know, I feel that even though as things are kind of being a little bit more challenging, um, that Shanghai has a history of this type of diversity, mm. uh, not only with foreign artists, but again, literally people and artists from all over China mm. gather here. So I hope that in the days to come, that more of that, we call it high pi, mm. east-west, more of that high pi culture that is distinctly Shanghai, that it will thrive again. But as I'm preparing to leave, I'm like, oh, you're here. They're good there. <laughs> I've done my job. Take up the mantle and and this type of interaction will will continue. I hope that more of it will come back and, yeah. and more musicians after listening to this, yeah. you know, will be encouraged to, you know, come for a minute and and, and, and contribute to the to it. the culture scene yeah. here. So I see that you have a long list uh, of uh, doing art gallery uh, performances as well. Yeah, are you going to continue? You've got Europe. Many of my listeners are from Australia. Uh, uh, do you see... I put no limits right. on, you know, in my heart of hearts, mm. I really do believe that this platform and this experience is something that is universal. And as resources and opportunities come, I really do see this as a global experience platform. And so I've was kind of courageous enough to say Europe and then things are falling in line. But I really would love to travel the world um, with this platform and the way that it engages there are even culinary arts experiences that are attached to this. So again, I'm a collaborative artist. And so we have worked with different chefs. I never tell them what to prepare. Um, they literally just kind of look at the art or listen to the music, the colors. And whatever they're inspired by, they have prepared these amazing culinary dishes. And I tell them with just a little bit of explanation it takes it to curation. Right. And so with, when they began to share what inspired them about the artistry, you literally feel that you are tasting the art. And so they're, you know, again, using the Voltron transformer analogy, each of these artistic streams are separate platforms. You know, I enjoy performing um, the aspects of fashion, all of these separate entities but this platform experience is really a unique way of all of them coming together. And I'm looking forward to, as the exhibition travels, we do a lot of happenings and engaging. So engaging the local artistic culture in each city for poetry nights, for um, jam sessions, because the exhibition platform becomes a, a base for all these types of activities to take place. Absolutely. And I also see on your WeChat that you have like a, uh, an insight, like a storytelling. So tell us a little bit about that as well. So uh, with each of these pieces are connected to story. And we have, you know, uploaded, you know, using the QR and the technology that's available, you are scanning the QR codes of each artwork and you can hear um, how the works were made. You can see sometimes me finding the pieces. I've been faithful to document as much as possible, but then to encapsulate them into these video sound bites of storytelling, mm. that is all embedded in the art. So I call it, um, when I'm in my advertising mind, I call it rabbit hole branding. Right. Or when I'm in my artistic flow it's literally scan the qr code and fall down the rabbit hole right. and all these layers are connected to the word yeah it says here uh, tonight's inspiration so i feel like with so much in the world it's particularly over i would always kind of periodically uh, do encouraging posts 
quotes and things like that. But when the pandemic hit, I felt kind of compelled to post more positive affirmations. Mm -hmm. And so for over two years now, I have daily, I post tonight's inspirations. And they may be um, a quote of inspiration on Sunday. Today is Sunday, so I do tonight's Sunday song inspiration. And I just put it out there. And whoever is scrolling, they, they get it. But what I love is sometimes you're putting things out there. Ah, here's my encouragement to artists out there. <laughs> it just hit me. Post it. Put it out there. And let it do what it do does. Let it do what it do. That's a colloquialism there. But I found that sometimes you never know who's listening. Yes. You never know who's scrolling and watching. And sometimes we are so inhibited to release what's inside of us. And so it's like I'm walking in the city. Hey, Reddick, thank you for your tonight's inspiration. I like, and I didn't see a like there, but it's out there. And so when you have the opportunity to share, share. People are listening. People will respond, and it, it does make a difference there. Yeah, so absolutely. I've been doing my tonight's inspiration for two years. That's yes, great. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I've given, been given so much, yeah. so many good advices. But what comes to me was when I was in college, you know, at Morehouse College, I had to come home um, and work like summer jobs and things like that. Um, and so I was a gas man. I was literally walking diff up the Chicago blocks, gas man, gas man, you know, reading gas meters and things like that. And I'm getting texts and, and checking in with my, my, my Morehouse brothers, my Spellman sisters, and some of them were more fluent financially than and more resources. And so they're like summer vacations all over traveling the world and doing different things and I'm I'm working I'm working I'm just like and then when I get back to school so I remember walking tired after a long day and kind of like <laughs> and I walked into a McDonald's and it was this older older gentleman behind the counter and he goes what's the matter with you young man I why the long face and before I could even like give my litany of complaints and woe is me and struggle and things like that, he says, you have a good hand. You have a great hand, in fact. You just have to learn how to work the hand that God dealt you. And that... Boom. Boom. <laughs> and so that has instilled in me a way of looking at life, looking at opportunity from another perspective. And kind of like when you're playing your cards, you, you set them up and I have a good hand. I have a good hand and I've been faithful to work this hand that God has dealt me. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Tell me about where can we find you on social media? and a bit of information about your art here. Okay, so if you are listening in China, or if you're on the WeChat platform, my WeChat ID is Redic, R-E-D-I-C 735. You can find me there. I'm very active on Instagram now. I pulled down the website, revamping some things, but on Instagram, you can find me at The Artistry of Redick, R-E-D-I-C. So the artistry of Redick. You can find me there. I'm very active there. And then my old Facebook account. <laughs> you can also doesn't get much love it, anymore. It, no, because I'm I'm more active on I'm also active on Facebook, but right. you know, through Instagram you can yeah. kind of just send it there. Direct message. Yeah, so right. on Facebook, I go by my last name, which is Redick. Mm -hmm. But I am a David Redick. And so when I registered on Facebook many moons ago, I registered at David Reddick, R-E-D-I-C. You can easily find me there. And then as the exhibition begins to tour throughout Europe, all of the platforms, whoo, 
Come on. They will be coming. You, you'll be able to find us there. Right. Yes. And then I had Australia on the end there. I, <laughs> Australia. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I want to come. I'm, yeah. I'm totally open there. I am totally open. There is such a vibrant scene in Australia. I have, Absolutely. I mean, I, I know one of my producers, Damien Banzigal. Shout out to Damien. I'm from Mauritius. Amazing artist, amazing producer. He has recently left Shanghai and moved to Sydney. Oh, there you go. You know, Dave Stone is headed there. Yes. So, Australia, I got something for you. <laughs> I got something just in me. And I'm there for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, last question. Uh, who's your greatest inspiration slash hero and why? I have to narrow it down. There are a few. Mm -hmm. But... Um, there is a gentleman by the name of Gordon Parks. And I learned of Gordon Parks like after I graduated from college. And I was like, how did I not hear about this man? Gordon Parks was the epitome of using every gift inside of him and every opportunity and not being limited and defined by that. He was an amazing musician, poet, photographer doing the, he, he was amazing life photographer. If you look him up, he was a filmmaker. He wrote the, the Shaft movies. Oh yeah, right. That's wow. Gordon Parks. He wrote a book called The Learning Tree. He was just an amazing artist. And I respect Gordon for not only his artistry, but because he had the courage to cultivate his gifts. Mm. And so Gordon Parks, is my hero and I will end with this now that the music is closed down. <laughs> Gordon Parks, I wrote a song, uh, two of my works is called The Learning Tree and this song that I wrote for Gordon it says, and I sat under that learning tree and I learned how to be free. I sat under that learning tree and I learned how to be me. So take the limits off yourself. Take the limits off your mind. And give yourself permission to live, breathe, do, and everything you dare imagine. I said under that learning tree. And I learned how to be me. Thank you, Mr. Gordon Parks, woo, for teaching me how to be free, for teaching me how to be me. So cool. You got some pipes, no warm-up, no nothing, just like, bam. That, that, that was a little bit of gospel as well. A little, a little bit of old, old school. Gospel, yeah. fusion. Yeah. Um, like my art, assemblage pieces coming together musically, I think that I call it eclectic rock. So there, there's a mm. rocker in me, there's classical, but it's the way it comes together. Yes. It's the way things come together that it works. Yes. Yes. Ready? Amazing talent. Good luck with uh, uh, the, the Shanghai Culture Square. Like I said, I did the tour uh, this morning and it looks amazing. Uh, good luck with Europe. Thank you. Thank Come you. to Australia. We're coming to Australia. I'm coming and, to Australia. And uh, good luck for the future. On Thank all the best. you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. The exhibition here, the prelude, is on to after Chinese New Year. So you still have time if you're in Shanghai to come on by the Shanghai Cultural Square and catch the prelude. Really, thank you. Not it's been my pleasure. All thank right. you. A change has come. The legendary Sam Cooke looked out over the horizon. He saw ahead and he knew that a change was going to come. And he said, I was born by the river in a little tent. No, just like the river I've been running ever since It's been a long, long time coming 
But I know a change gonna come And now as I stand here years later On the shoulders and the pathways that others have blazed for me I can look back and ahead and say that a change has come Y'all ready? Here we go I've been waiting for a long time Change has come been working, 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 working for a long time. Change has come. Oh, yes, it has. Cause I'm right at the crossroads where faith meets opportunity. And I'm walking through the threshold of the best days of my life. I can feel it in the air I can feel it in the wind I know with all my heart It's time for me to win Change has come Oh yeah And fervently I've been praying And praying Come. Oh, oh, yes, it has. I didn't mind. I've been pushing and pushing and pushing for a long time. My change has come. Oh, yes, it has. Cause I'm right at the crossroads.
家好 ，I'm Bella from Bella Simple Chinese School. If you are beginner, intermediate, advanced, looking for HSK study, business Chinese, or simply want to improve your everyday communication, I'm the teacher for you. Come and join me for a free trial class at Bella Simple Chinese School.